you're listening to the two of me podcast join me eva lewis a wife mother business owner blogger and woman with bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder as i discuss the highs and lows of juggling life with a mental illness Welcome to episode five of the Two of Me podcast. It's Eva Lewis here. And today we are going to talk on the topic of anxiety. And more specifically, we're going to talk about the things you should stop doing to help your anxiety. So not necessarily get rid of it altogether. Um, Wouldn't that be nice? Um, But, you know, to help it, reduce it. Some of these things I'm going to discuss today, I did find them hard at the beginning to sort of stop doing or to to pay attention to uh, but when my anxiety kept coming back worse than before because all I was doing was trying to fight the anxiety um, not really manage it I realized it was imperative that I stopped with the bad habits and some of these aren't necessarily bad habits but most importantly it was imperative that I stopped and worked out exactly what my triggers were So that has been a key to me in the past three years. I think I've made the most, the biggest developments in in being able to help my anxiety and it's really understanding what my triggers are first and then being able to recognize what they are, how they make me feel, what thoughts they provoke in my mind and sort of catching those thoughts and then dealing with that from there. To do this, I kept a mood diary and I used a trigger tracker and those have been the key tools that I've used to help me do this. I recommend doing this and and recognizing your triggers and things like that and understanding your moods before you try to move forward. Otherwise, I think you'll get really frustrated and and feel let down because you're really um, coming in from the wrong end. So firstly, I want to talk about stop, stop trying to do it all yourself. So it is what it is. Try just to do what you can. And if you can, do what I love to do, and that is outsource. Now, it's not for everyone. I know that, but I outsource. So an example of that is I have a cleaner, and there's no way on earth I could do life without a cleaner at the moment. And in past uh, situations, I don't know how I would have done it. I would have looked at my house it would have come to the weekend and it would have been clutter I would have been stressing about having to clean it I would have been anxious about trying to get it done I'd be anxious about not having a weekend I would start the week again totally burnt out because I wasn't able to have a rest because I had a whole house to clean the other thing that I try to do instead of trying to do it all all myself is opt for an easier way to do things which may not necessarily be the cheaper way okay so it might cost a little bit more but for the sake of a few dollars here and there I have my sanity and then in my books that that extra few dollars is worth it an example of that might be with my son's school books Now, I could have gone from Big W to Kmart to Officeworks to seek out all of the best prices for the um, the stationery on his book list for the sake of like saving $10. 
But no, that was just, uh, and I tried that one year and that was just too, too much work, you know, potential for anxiety there for me. So I just ordered all of the stuff from, from one place, from Officeworks, and, and they actually delivered it to my house. So that even ticked off something else off the list. I didn't even have to get in my car to get it. So it was worth it. Don't, don't feel guilty if you can't get it all done, your whole list. Just set your priorities, focus on those things first. So for example, in my daily planner, I have my to-do list and then I have three priority tasks set every day. You might also want to check out my brain dump printable on my website, themultitaskingwoman.com. At the top, you can see my free mental health downloads. There's a brain dump printable there where it's got a to-do list and it's prioritized for you. So um, in different priority levels, which will really help. The next thing is stop being so serious. So anxiety, yes, it's bloody draining. It can zap all the energy you have for the day. I know anxiety makes me really tired, but you've got to remember to have fun, to laugh, to watch a funny movie, to listen to a funny podcast. I try to be funny, sorry, but (laughs) sorry if I'm not. Um, Or, you know, go out with your friends. Because you know what happens while you're focusing on this funny and positive stuff, you're focusing less on the negative stuff that you can't control. It sort of like goes away for a bit and it relaxes you. So stop being so serious. The other thing I think is really important, but it's hard. This is a hard one, is stop avoiding things. You might avoid going to a friend's party because you're so anxious about something. You might avoid going to a new cafe, avoiding going to a new gym because you're so anxious. You've got all these thoughts in your head going, what happens if I don't know anyone? What happens if I don't know how to use the equipment? What happens? What happens? What if? What if? So avoiding things, so by not going to these things, for example, uh, is not going to fix anything, is it? It's just going to make things harder and harder and it's going to go and build on top, on top, on top. It's sort of, it's letting your anxious thoughts win pretty much, your anxious thoughts and those negative thoughts. It's letting them win. So I can think of um, plenty times in the past where I've had serious anxiety, but I, I bit the bullet and I did the thing that was making me anxious, thinking to myself, oh my God, I can actually do this. It's not so bad I need to remember this for next time I need to remember that I feel so good and I can do it and so I have to admit I've gone through this process multiple times because I don't remember and it's a cycle and I feel the same way every time and one of those things is talking on the phone and making phone calls okay and I that's one of my my uh, anxiety triggers But after much practice, it does get easier if you make yourself do it and you have to make yourself do it. And that's the hard part. I guess it trains your brain in some way, but you've got to you've got to work at it. The next tip is try to stop surrounding yourself with negative people. This is a biggie. This one's a biggie for me. And I just want to say this quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But unfortunately, some people's personalities just do not help the people with anxiety. So you might have a friend 
you might have someone in your family that you see all the time but you just don't click okay and they're going to have a big impact on you and your anxiety so there are those people that just don't understand mental illness they're they're out there and they say the wrong thing and that is a big trigger as well they can introduce anxiety or they can make it worse so who are you spending most of your time with and how do they make you feel think about it is it time to stop taking a phone call from this person or is it time to maybe stop start distancing yourself from them altogether i know it sounds harsh but it can be a good thing for you and surrounding yourself with people who radiate positive energy has positive outcomes now are you a yes person you say yes to everything you've got to stop saying yes i bet you say yes to everything and then you find yourself rocking on the couch with anxiety or you're having a panic attack going oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I do? You're wishing you didn't say yes. We have to stop putting ourselves in these self-sabotaging situations, wondering how we're going to cope because, you know, we've made the wrong choice. My suggestion is to next time, take the time to respond to a request. You do not need to say yes or no straight away. You can actually tell someone that you'll let them know later. I'll get back to you on that one. Give yourself some breathing space to make the right decision and not jump to a yes. Next thing I'd say is you've got to stop setting high expectations. This is something that's taking me a very long time to learn. I have been the type of person who has always expected a lot from people from situations, from experiences, and on so many occasions I've been grossly disappointed because my expectations were unrealistic. And guess what? It triggered my anxiety, something chronic. I guess you could say um, that I have suffered from perfectionism. I guess I still do a little bit, but I'm working on it, and it's much better than before. It's where I have an idea of what something or someone should be like in my mind. So I create this sort of like ideal in my mind. It, then it hasn't worked out how I've wanted it to, it to work out. And I didn't have control over the matter. And then anxiety comes in. A quote that really resonates with me is this one by Alexander Pope. Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. And that is the thing. That is how I feel when I have super high expectations that don't pan out. It's disappointment. Huge amounts of disappointment and anxiety. And uh, for our anxiety's sake, we really need to reduce our expectations. And the next thing is stop fighting your anxiety. It's all in our mind, anxiety. They're, they're negative thoughts that aren't real. And I feel like I, I repeat myself a lot on the negative thoughts aren't real but it is something that really helps me when I do have those negative thoughts pop in my head. I'm like, hold on. Oh, you're, I'm like, oh, you're, you're negative thought. You're not real. I'm going to, and I just push it to the side and ignore it. There's really no point in fighting something that is made up in your mind. There's also uh, a point to understanding your anxiety and understanding what triggers it and trying to manage it before it, 
well and truly takes over. So yes, anxiety may be here to stay. We might not necessarily be able to get rid of it, but fighting it will end up bringing you absolutely zero results. So we want to at least be able to, you know, have anxiety make less of an impact on you. Stop. So we're talking about negative thoughts. We're going to talk about stop letting negative thoughts take over. And this takes a bit of practice. Um, And as I said, you know, capturing those thoughts and sliding them to the side and ignoring them takes a bit of practice. But over time, it does work and you can do it. So I've tried to catch my negative thoughts before they take over, as I was saying. It's a process of recognizing the thoughts that pop into your head, how they make you feel. So whether that may be um, you know, you know, shaking, heart racing, you know, a tight, tight chest. And then once you understand those and you can connect them together, that's enough to catch them because you can sort of recognize the feelings and the thoughts before they, I guess, happen. This is why it's really good to take note of negative thoughts. So record them in a diary, a piece of paper or on an app. Record how they make you feel so you don't forget because I know with my um, I have quite bad (laughs) quite a bad memory I forget things like that all the time so if you can read through it and and, and recall those things sort of freshen your mind for when it's going to happen next time so for example I absolutely hate talking on the phone as I said before um, particularly to people I don't know so now that I know this I know this is a trigger for me I can recognize the anxious feelings and thoughts that I have that I get. So my thoughts are usually things like, oh, you know, um, they're going to ask me a question and I'm not going to know how to answer it, for example. So I swap those negative thoughts for a positive thought. So, for example, Eva, remember your last phone call with XYZ. It went so well and you were so happy afterwards. So I replace the negative with that positive. So I remember recognize, catch and replace. So if you've listened to my previous podcast, you'd know that I've been two years alcohol free. Yay. One of the reasons I stopped drinking is because the alcohol clashed with my anxiety and my bipolar and the medications and it greatly affected my mood big time. You've got to remember with alcohol is that it's not just a drink. It is a depressant and alcohol actually changes the levels of serotonin and other neurotransmitters in the brain. And this is what can worsen anxiety. So I'm not saying to stop drinking altogether like I did. That was my personal choice. But what I'm suggesting is that you take a look at how much you're consuming because obviously when life gets hard, when you're not putting yourself first and anxiety creeps in, it's so easy to use alcohol as a crutch to get you through. And then, you know, one to two drinks per night turns into four. Okay, so just just keep an eye on it because that can uh, really trigger your anxiety. The next one is another drink. It's stop drinking too much coffee. So... (laughs) For me, this is a tough one because I love my coffee, but um, yeah, I don't know what I'd do without coffee. My husband has never, ever, ever, ever had coffee in his life, and I just, I'm like, how do you, how do you function in the morning? But anyway, too much caffeine can actually lead to increased anxiety symptoms and can complicate an existing anxiety disorder. 
So how much is recommended then? Well, I've done a little bit of research and I found that about three to four cups of make-at-home coffee, so not not your, your stuff at a cafe, just your make-at-home stuff, is the recommendation. So that's about 400 milligrams a day. And don't forget, that includes caffeinated drinks as well. And, and just a side note, when you've got decaf, it doesn't necessarily mean no caffeine. So make sure you check the label. It might be small amounts, but if you're drinking, you know, a few of those, a number of those a day, it does add up. Okay, to help your anxiety, you've got to stop worrying. Okay, easier said than done, right? It's it's our body's instinct to worry and over, overthink things. I know it's mine anyway. It's how my brain is wired. So in the shower, lying in bed, eating dinner, my mind is always thinking about what I have to do, what I didn't do, if I did it right, all these things, and I can't even control them. Um, I've slowly learned how to recognize this feeling of worry and then remind myself that if it's something I can't control, then I, I just need to let it go. And mostly all the things that I think about are out of my control. Um, and once you accept that there's nothing you can do about the future or the past, it gets easier. Another thing that helps with this is practicing mindfulness. It's a great way to slow down your mind if it's always racing and pull it into the present instead of worrying about the past or the future. On my blog as well, themultitaskingwoman.com, if you type in the search bar mindfulness, you'll find a couple of blog posts there that give some tips on ways you can practice mindfulness just in like five minutes here and there during the day while you're pottering around the house. So you don't have to sit down and do a big meditation to, to be mindful. This is a big one um, amongst people I know, women I know, particularly mums. Um, stop forgetting to look after yourself. Now, I know you're probably sick of hearing about all the self-care stuff, but you know what? There are so many women out there and plenty that I've spoken to, they don't do it enough and then they wonder why on earth they're burnt out. And being burnt out is not good. So anxiety, depression, poor physical health, lack of motivation are all parts and symptoms of burnout. So don't let it get to that. I have to admit, one of those people has been me um, lately as well. I don't prioritize myself and therefore I can't give the best of myself. So you've got to prioritize you to give the best of you. And no, I don't mean, you know, like having a bath by yourself. That's not self-care. That's a necessity. I mean, self-care and looking after yourself as in, you know, having coffee with a friend, giving yourself a night off cooking, enjoying a hobby, going out to breakfast with your, with, you know, with your friends. We know we need to do these things, but we always seem to push them to the side. So you've got to remember your cup is empty because you poured out more than you poured in. So start pouring in and filling your cup. And self-sabotage. We have to stop the self-sabotage if we want to get on top of our anxiety. We are our own worst critics. We blame ourselves for our anxiety. We blame ourselves for this. We blame ourselves for that. But it's our inner critic and it's the negative self-taught that's saying it. So you've got to try not to let this inner critic take over. Give your inner critic a name, you know, whether it's Bob or Julie or Susan or Karen. Karen's the name that's going around at the moment. Give your critic a, uh, a name so you can, like, kick it to the curb pretty much. So how do you do it? 
start with some self-affirmations. Okay, so you've got your inner critic, Karen, yelling out all of these negative things about yourself. You need to replace that with some some self-affirmations. Remind yourself of how absolutely awesome you are and how far you've come. When you have negative thoughts, write them down and swap them for something positive as well. So, for example, swap I'm not a good mum for I'm a good mum. I've raised two great kids and managed a part-time job, okay? So swap them around. Stop comparing. We all do it. It is human nature. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it. And it's not healthy and it's not great for anxiety. So take the school drop-off, for example. You see a mum that's beautifully dressed all the time and you're in your sloppy shirt and jeans or you had to bake a cake for the grandparents' morning tea but yours is burnt around the edges and another mum's is like perfectly iced and, you know, just like it's out of a cafe. Your friend posts a photo of their perfectly presented lounge room on Instagram but you're too embarrassed to have them over to your house because it's cluttered and mismatching. All these comparisons are huge sources of anxiety And it's pretty much you telling yourself that you are not good enough, just like we were talking about before. The thing to remember is that you have absolutely no clue what's happening behind the scenes in these people's lives. Social media has cropping and filter ability. So all of those pretty pictures uh, are, are probably blocking out a whole lot of stuff that the person doesn't want you to see. And you certainly can't compare your life with someone who's at a completely different point in theirs. Stop making assumptions. Again, this is just another issue that I have. Have you ever caught yourself saying, well, I assume she did this only to have someone say, and this is my husband, actually, you should never assume or you should never make assumptions. Well, we really shouldn't. It's a classic anxiety symptom, making assumptions. So it's us creating a story in our mind that doesn't actually exist. And then we act on that story and we jump to conclusions and we cause unnecessary problems, unnecessary anxiety. So save yourself from the unnecessary and communicate Don't guess, don't make assumptions. So instead of assuming someone at work doesn't like you because they haven't spoken to you today, go up and talk to them and ask if they're okay. Now, the next one I've put is stop social media, stop the social media. I've only put a little bit because I talk about this a lot and I've spoken about it in the stop comparing. But give yourself a little bit of break from social media do a digital detox take a weekend off take a day off whatever it is because it can be quite toxic Um, I have a love-hate relationship with social media I'm in digital marketing it's my business but I yeah have a love-hate relationship it can be really great but it can be really bad it has a distorted reality a lot of the time and there's a lot of negativity So if you want to try and manage your anxiety when it comes to social media, as I said, try digital detox, read a good book instead, or listen to a podcast like you are right now. And stop being a couch potato. I need to take some of my own advice here. Um, I can be a bit of a couch potato. 
I am the type of person that goes, yes, yes, I'm going to start walking every day. And I do it for a week or two and then I'm back to not doing it. So um, that's something I am working on, uh, the commitment to exercise. But I could blame having two young kids. I could blame the fact that I'm always too tired because of my bipolar. I could blame my husband's work hours, but really I don't have anything to blame because I have my legs, I have my arms, and I can easily do a quick workout at home or go for a walk. I don't need a gym or any fancy equipment. So, you know, I really don't have an excuse. So the reality is physical activity and exercise definitely help with anxiety and mental health in general. I know this for a fact because it's happened to me. I can recall when I went for a walk last week thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so good. This is so great. Um, But if you're like me and you don't like exercising for the sake of exercising, you have to do something fun, something you enjoy, try to set yourself fitness goals. So not something like losing weight, something like, okay, my goal is in in three months, at the end of three months, I'm going to be able to run 5K. Or at the end of three months, I'm going to be able to climb a mountain. Okay. My current goal, it's not climbing a mountain or running 5K, but it's to walk for 30 minutes, four days a week. Now that's pretty achievable. So make it specific, measurable, attainable, and time bound, which is the smart, smart goals. Uh, you can't make it too hard for yourself and you can't make it too easy. So remember that simplifying things, it's better than complicating things when it comes to your anxiety and general mental health. Most people with anxiety will know their triggers. So focus on removing these first is my, my first tip and then go from there. So thank you everyone for listening to that episode. I hope that there were some really helpful tips in there to manage your anxiety a little better and remember don't be too hard on yourself you don't have to do all of these things at the same time pick one or two and work on them and then go from there until the next podcast episode thank you for listening thanks for listening to the two of me podcast i look forward to having you back listening to the next weekly episode but for more content on mindset mental health and well-being check out my website themultitaskingwoman.com